Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Anne. Hello. It seems that we've been muted today, which is really <laughs> interesting. This is Susan Laris in dance. We are having a windstorm here in Portland, and I gave an entire introduction just now that was muted. So welcome, audience. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and those of you listening to this podcast, um, a lot of times that gets edited out. But if you're listening live... Thank you for staying with us here because we are having a very unusual day here today. And I'm going to reintroduce you, Anne, but I brought you on the line because I figured you must be wondering why it was so quiet. And the audience. Yes, exactly. And it's been an unusual day here, and I'm going to just reintroduce this. Um, we are having an unprecedented windstorm here in the Portland area, um, and it just came in from out of the blue. And as I would like to say, is we are going to talk today about your book on doubt, which is so very interesting, just because um, it's, it works in the microcosm and the macrocosm. Um, like yes. as I'm coming into this show, I've heard about trees down all around my area. My fence fell down mm. this morning. <gasps> there are like branches buffeting the house. Although oh now the gosh. sun is coming out. Yes, and so it's just a funny synchronicity that we're going to be talking <laughs> about your book, Undoubtedly Awesome, Your Own Personal Roadmap from Doubt to Flow. And you have some wonderful experience you're bringing to us. I see that you've you've been out working with very influential business leaders for over 20 years and um, you're an expert in decision-making, which can surely help us. And I would love to talk to you also about this new Wisdom Soup site connecting people based in serendipity. So, so many things, and I'm kind yes. of going over what I went over muted. Um, um, WisdomSoup.com 
is your website, and welcome. Welcome in this unprecedented so way today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I'm actually, I live in Seattle, and we're just starting to get a little bit of the windstorm up here, so so uh, you're giving me a preview of what's to come. <laughs> well, it came in from the south, and, and, you know, we do have listeners here in the Pacific Northwest, and I would imagine my live audience just figured it was that, <laughs> because a lot of them yeah. don't have power <laughs> right now, and um, it's just a very unusual day. And I will tell you that, you know, when it comes to our relationship with what's going on around us, um, I made the very last-minute decision to run outside and move the trash cans and to do something, you know, like because they were some of, they were actually down in the street and and you know, um, wow. decision making. And I mean, it can yeah. happen to us in an instant, you know, like that. Like yeah. we're having, you know, we're having a windstorm that just came up out of the blue, or it can be a lifelong kind of a thing. Like, what do we do with our lives? Where are we headed? So um, help bring us into this topic, which is very rich and important for all of us. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot to it. Um, And it it has been the focus of of my career and a bunch of different facets, a bunch of different from from a bunch of of different perspectives. Um, But the thing that that has always made it the center is that, you know, in anything you do, whenever you're trying to, um, make your life better when you're working on self-improvement or if you're trying to have personal growth. If you're looking for one area that gives you the biggest bang for your buck, decisions are it because they're at the beginning of everything you do and they determine what comes next. So it, yeah. it's like the access point, right? The access that everything else pivots on is, is how you make decisions. So, and it's something that for most of us, the process that we use to make decisions is actually completely invisible to us. People assume that everybody does it the same way. We all do it just like I do. And that's not the case. And your process is specific to you. And, and it's something that you won't see unless you pay attention and learn about it. Yes. And you know what I appreciate about that is because that has everything to do with our relationships, whether in business or in our personal lives, is if we just assume that, hey, everybody's yeah. just like me, well, then we're yeah. not going to make very good decisions as managers or even just as managers of our own lives, whether you're in business, whether oh, you're volunteering, so <laughs> all of our relationships with our own children. You know, they it's have different personality true. types. And so it's a yeah. wonderful tool that you give us that, that helps with empathy and understanding, and it can even yeah. help us in the world right now, you know, if we start thinking about, you know, different people that we may be getting, you know, if we're getting stressed about the world situation, we can think, you know, what's, how is that person thinking about things or this person, <laughs> you know, and it, it would just help us yeah. in so many different ways. It's really true. It's actually, it's interesting. One of the, uh, a way in which I've used the information in this book um, as an executive coach has been in helping people in conflict. Uh, helping teams or, or individuals that that uh, were really at odds and, you know, really misinterpreting each other, thinking that they were, you know, willfully being secretive or, you know, willfully being, yes. like, you know, micromanaging the situation. Yes. And once they understood, once I was able to show them, no, this isn't, that what's happening is you guys are coming at this problem from two completely different perspectives, and here's the value that you can gain from each other. Yeah, it's different. You know, you have to understand they're different from you, but there's, they're bringing something you lack. So once we once yes. we would see that it would it could completely transform the dynamics of a team or a relationship. So it, it is really powerful. 
You know, when I think about that, having I ha- I've had many years, over 20 years in the corporate world, too, and worked in project leadership yeah. and management situations. And one of my roles actually was um, facilitating communications among engineers at a company-wide. And one of the things yeah. you don't think about in a team or in a company, you have multiple people coming together for a goal who have totally different personalities and skill sets. So the manager may be very different from the engineers, like if you're, I was in an engineering environment. And the documentation yeah. writers, you know, they come yeah. from a totally different perspective. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, all these other people, training and human resources. And, and I can see how certainly in corporate settings, um, you know, so many times people, they just, they don't get one another. <laughs> They're just like, right. I just, they don't know how <laughs> to to bridge that gap. And and to just start from the place of, you know, hey, you know, this person is brilliant. You know, you know that like you're working mm-hmm. with somebody really mm-hmm. who can help and we can, if we could just get it together. And it's just different. And then come from that yes. perspective. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're 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 a hundred percent right, and and that is the difficulty is in is if if we're unable to see our own way of doing things, right? It's, it's sort of like breathing; you don't pay attention to it, or you, or walking, or brushing your teeth. All these habits that you have that you don't pay attention to until you do, and then you notice it and you become aware of it, almost self conscious of it, right? Well, yes. decision making is a lot like that. Is that it's something that you you do. You do it all the time. You do it whether you're just trying to decide what to order for breakfast or whether yep. you're trying to decide major decisions like what should your career be, where should you live. You know these major. Right. It's the same for any decision, big or small. You as an individual has your own specific process that you use, and sometimes that process is blown out a little more because it's a bigger decision. But the underlying concept of how you approach the decision is the same. And and if you see that, if you're if you're unaware of your own, it's very hard to then see how you are different from other people. So it creates yeah. you know not understanding that can create a lot of unnecessary misunderstandings. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. and and you know one of the things that you help us with is our relationship with ourselves too. It's yeah. like so many yeah. times we judge ourselves, or we say, "Why did I do that?" You know, or you know, yes. we can have these tools to help us understand and also help us to grow, so that we yeah. can see, oh. I know why, you know, the the fence falling down this morning <laughs> had a certain impact, you know, or whatever, you know, um, whether yes. whether you know I might judge as dealing with that well or not or whatever. Um, um, it's just it helps us when you're when you're in a situation and in the longer mm-hmm. term, working with ourselves to determine our our life paths you know, where we're going, what we really care yeah. about, what we choose to, to flow into. So let's talk about, I love the word flow. I love the concept yes. of flow. When I think about doubts, I, I see, you know, dams and roadblocks and things that are like <laughs> holding, you know, they impact the flow. And so talk to us, Anne, about the relationship between doubt and flow and what really is flow yeah sure so um when you think about flow it is um it really is that idea that think of a day when you are 
um, uh, you're going to work and, and you're on the way to work and you hit every green light and you go into a meeting and it just goes amazingly well and you sit right next to the person who has the information that you yeah. need and your day just, everything just happens easily, right? You go to, after yeah. work, you stop at the grocery store and you get up in the fast line, you know what I mean? You get the perfect cashier and everything just happens. You get the front parking spot, whatever it is. It's an absence of resistance. Right? It's like where, where your day just sort of goes, and it's not just your day, it's your life. But when you experience yeah. less resistance in your life to whatever it is that you're trying to do, you are closer to flow. And the opposite of that is experiencing resistance where things feel hard, they feel difficult. It feels like everywhere you go, you, you are blocked in some way. And doubt is a form of resistance. Doubt takes you out of flow. Doubt provides resistance that keeps you from getting done what you want to get done. So the more that we can remove doubt, out of your process, out of your experience, the closer you're going to get to flow. When we're experiencing doubt um, and in a situation um, that that doesn't feel right, it's like, um, like say you're on a you're in a job that just or a relationship it's just yeah. not working and and maybe it's yeah. not meant to work you know it's not for you yeah. so you're having mm-hmm. these doubts um how can doubt be a sign to us of hey you know maybe this isn't the right place or the right relationship or you know maybe we need to work on this or or maybe it's something right. that i need to really look at you know as for me i may need to go on to something else so so how can we use doubt as a signal um, with respect to our flow? Do you know, it's an interesting thing. I think um, doubt in, in terms of, you know, a lot of us look in terms of our feelings, in terms of, of looking for guidance. Are we in the uh-huh. right place? Are we not in the right place? Sometimes you have a real concrete knowing where you, you know it's wrong and you know you need to change. Yeah. And it, there's a real definite. And, and in those cases, you can feel very guided. You feel very certain that this is Yeah, there's true. no doubt. But what do you do? Right. Yeah, there's no doubt. And and to me, that's when you're when you have that intuitive hit, you know, the intu- intuition yeah. comes in as a feeling of certainty that this is something you're sure of. And when you have doubt, well, I think it comes from somewhere else. I think that yeah. that doubt comes from uh, and in the way I look at it, most of the time doubt is going to come because of the process that you use to make your choice. And this is an, it's, it's a really unexpected thought. And, you know, when you talk about being hard on ourselves, I think most of us are very yeah. hard on ourselves when it comes yeah. to making the choices in our lives. And we yeah. look at, um, you know, you're trying to make a decision and people tend to look at all the choices that are available to them and they get it in their head that there's one right choice, that there's one thing that's going to be the right yeah. choice and everything else is yeah. the wrong choice. <laughs> And when they do that, they'll, and they, they think it's, and, and this is, you know, everyone does this. We think that the particular choice is going to have some quality about it, some feature or some attribute that makes it the right choice. And it's our job as the decision maker to be smart enough, clever enough, thoughtful enough, careful enough to discern which one is the right choice. And if we don't, yes. if we aren't able to do it, it means that we're bad, right? We did the wrong thing yes. or a bad decision yes. maker, that we weren't smart, Right. And the truth is that in any choice that you make, every option that you consider has positive and negative qualities about it, right? Every strength comes with an inherent weakness. So everything you choose has, may have different good and bad qualities, but they're all going to give you something. 
and they're all going to bring something positive and bring something negative. So if you've narrowed your choices down to two or three good ones, there's a very high likelihood that any of those have the possibility of making you equally happy. And then what's going to make the difference isn't going to be choosing the one magical one that's best. It's going to actually be the process that you use to choose it. The process you use it, it has an effect on how you feel about your choice, and that in turn makes your choice more successful. So what matters, it matters a whole lot less what you choose, and it matters a whole lot more how you choose it. Yes, yes. You know, something you said, it's funny, it's somewhat synchronistic because this morning I was pondering um, this concept of fluidity, kind of independent Uh of this conversation, Mm -hmm. is that there is that tendency, and and even say in a computer science way where I come from or part of my background, (laughs) is, you know, we want to say one or zero, binary choice, you know. Yes. Yes. We want to put everything in nice, neat little boxes. Like it's either mm-hmm. that or this, and sometimes <laughs> even our spiritual paths can impact us. Like I was raised um, a fundamentalist, so it's like heaven or hell, you know, this oh or my that. Gosh, you yeah, know? yeah, yes. Uh-huh. And there are a lot of people in the audience who have that background too. And so, how much more yeah. binary, you know? And yet, life isn't <laughs> like that. And and if what yeah. peace can come to us when we think of things more um, using a technical term as analog you know, in terms mm-hmm. of a, almost like a dial, you know, as opposed to on or off as more um, fluid. Yeah. And and that's yeah. when what I feel you help to show us, too, is that we come up with the kinds of um, decisions that we never would have even dreamed of that are kind of like, you know, um, combinations of, the, you know, it's not one thing or the other. It's some <laughs> some amazing thing that you never even thought about. Um, and and so, yeah. and that's what flow seems to help us. It's being open to um, those kinds of possibilities, and then being able to to flow into them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And um, you know, being being essentially being open to things that you're you know not trying to control the process so much and letting things evolve and seeing what comes up that definitely makes you much more open to flow right it allows yeah. energy to kind of flow through your life much more naturally um yeah. and i think that that doubt you know when when we're experiencing doubt we tend to over worry our choices yeah. right? and and it yeah. and it affects everybody differently for for some of us you know, doubt really gets us on the front end of a decision, you know, as you're heading into the decision, um, you know, and, and some people have a really hard time making that initial choice. They'll get really um, uh, stuck around, yeah. you know, having a lot of different options to consider and not being able to figure out which one they really feel is best. And other people, and this is going to depend on your, on what I call your soul type, other people end up uh, having more difficulty on the back end of the decision. You know, once they've chosen something, they find that they're leaning out of the decision. Or they're, they're never quite mm-hmm. satisfied, but they feel, you know, they feel uncomfortable or dissatisfied with their, with their choice. So it never feels like the decision is truly resolved in their mind. So and that, that experience of doubt is going to be different for each of us depending on that process that we use, and that process is, is defined by what I call your soul type. Um. You know, I, I'd want to explore the um, the soul types, but I think I'll follow kind of the, the pattern of your book and um, help us before, and I definitely want to get into all the different soul types, but first 
help us understand a little bit more about decision making. You talk about, you know, loving our decisions and and what you just said is, you know, how we can have all these different relationships to to our decisions either before or after and and yes. it's a process and I know that you talk about very um very um distinct phases in the in the process of decision making. So can you help us better understand um the decision making process itself and then I would love to explore all the soul types um, and how we relate yeah. to those. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so so um uh in the book I describe there are three different phases to decision making and it's interesting because most of us think that that decisions happen in just an instant that you you choose it or or they focus on just the just really phase 1 which is the part where you're trying to figure out what you want. And they will focus on that and say, okay, the real point of decision making is this process of of analyzing and deciding and then you decide and boom you're done. And I would argue, no, that there's actually three phases. There's the, the pre-decision at the beginning, the pre-commitment, and then there's the actual commitment itself, and then there's the post-commitment. And all three are essential in terms of finishing and completing a decision, ending up feeling great about your decision. And that, that first phase, that pre-commitment, um, an interesting thing to know about that is what's happening in your head when you're in that pre-commitment phase. And it has to do, and this is, this is something that everybody can relate to because we've all experienced it, is, is how do we make sense of the world around us, right? How do we figure out when we're looking at all the different options we're going to consider, how do, we, how do we figure out what we want to pick, right? What makes a good option? What makes a bad option? Well, we, everything boils down to this idea of comparison, And we use a tool, a thinking tool that I call your difference engine. Your difference engine helps you to look at everything and and it holds options up and it holds them up for you. Your difference engine does. And it says, which one do you like better, this one or this one? And it'll show you all the different features. It'll say, okay, this one is more expensive and this one is less expensive. This one has more buttons. This one has less buttons, right? And your difference engine is constantly comparing. How about this? How about that one? Uh And it, it is through the process of comparison um, it helps us to um, uh, to better understand what something is and what something isn't. So it's a really important part, not just in how you make decisions, but how you understand the world, right? It's, it relates to how we, how we define ourselves. We are humans. We're different from cats. We're different from dogs, right? It helps to categorize. It's everything is understood in terms of differences. So yes. that, that, uh, that is thinking, that initial thinking part is, you know, a really critical tool. And yes. Um, yes. the second thing that happens is you're, as you're choosing, so you're, you're trying out, you know, what is different. And then the essential question is, okay, there's these two elements. Now, which one do I like better? And the liking comes from a totally different part. It comes from your emotions. So your, your, your brain is coming up with this difference. And then you have to decide, okay, there's this, here's, there's a, a room and this one has, it's full of mosquitoes and this one has no mosquitoes. Which one is better, better or worse? And your emotions are the ones that are going to tell you, ooh, mosquitoes are bad. You don't want that room. You want the other room. And, and as a matter of fact, if you are not in touch with your emotions, if that part of your thinking is disabled, you actually can't make a choice. That's how important the emotions are to the whole process. So it's, it's an interesting factor. But so that's the thinking process that happens prior to making a decision in that pre-commitment phase. Um, and then from there, you move into, you know, to commitment. And that's where you actually narrow things down and, and come up with your final choice. 
right? Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, in that commitment, the important thing to know is that, and this is where it's really interesting, because up until now, all of this probably sounds really familiar, that this is how we think of making a decision. You compare right. things, you feel your way what sounds best, and then you pick something. And, but that's usually where people end the process in their mind. I think, I'm done. I made a choice. But right. what's critical in this commitment phase is that there's three steps you have to make to really make a decision. And there's that first one, which is making the decision. That's when you, um, you, know, you, you hand over your credit card or you decide to turn left instead of right. But next, what you have to do is you have to give up all of your alternatives. And that means uh-huh. you know, if you're evaluating uh, you know, a car, you have to um, you know, give away all of the other brochures that you were considering, throw away the That's sales right. materials, whatever. You really have to give up every other alternative you were considering. And then the third step is to burn your bridges, to make it so that you can't turn back. And yeah. that, you know, for that, that means if, if you have a plan B, you get rid of that plan B. If you're dating, it means you throw away that little black book, right? <laughs> like whatever it takes to really make you officially committed to this choice. And once you do that, then, then you've truly made a decision. If you haven't taken those additional two steps, all you're doing is testing out your decision. You're not really decided. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, this is so important because it really has an incredible impact on our peace of mind. Um, yeah. Because you're right. We will get stuck. You know, even after we think that we've made a decision, it, you you are so right, Anne. We, we don't think about how the process isn't done. And, and mm-hmm. it really will impact impact our well-being and how, you know, if you're in the corporate world, how you execute on that decision or well in yes. life too. You know, if mm-hmm. if you don't mm-hmm. if you don't fully allow it to take hold in the way that you need to. This this is important for for all of us and and in life most certainly um it's the only way to get to a space of peace with whatever yeah. that decision was. Right, very so true, what's and it's, next? it's really interesting. Yeah, so next yeah. is the actual, it's post-commitment. And this is actually the, you know, the fun part. <laughs> Once you've done uh-huh. the hard step, which is that giving up your alternatives and burning your bridges, you move into this, this post-commitment. And, and what's interesting is that critical step of giving up your alternatives and burning your bridges, of really fully committing to your decision, it changes something in how you think. And that difference engine that I talked about, the one that's always comparing all of a sudden it changes what it's doing and it's no longer taking the thing that you chose and comparing it to something to everything else which is what happens if you don't fully commit your difference engine just stays on and it's continuing to show you all the time how about this one how about that one which is really distracting right it's like a huge energy leak but once you've committed your difference engine switches it changes gear it starts doing something different now all of a sudden instead of showing you comparing what you have to everything else it's now separating what you have from all the other options it's holding it up and saying rather than saying how does this one compare to the others it now says what's better 
about the thing that you have. Let's only look for information that tells you what's better about what you chose. And you can experience this. Like think about if you've ever bought a car and after you buy the car, you're fully committed to this car because you, you, you know, you spent the money, you're driving off a lot. You probably bought new floor mats or whatever. You're committed, right? You drive it off yeah. a lot. And from that point forward, when you're driving around, all of a sudden you notice all the other cars like yours that you never saw before, right? All of right. a sudden you see them on the road. Oh, there's another one. I love my car. There's another one. I love my car. Or you'll, you'll hear the ads. All of a sudden you notice the ads for your car on TV, or you'll start noticing new features about your car that you didn't notice before that all of a sudden you love. And this is your difference engine in action showing you new reasons to love the thing that you chose. And this only happens if you fully commit. (laughs) I want to use, there's something that's coming to mind here that um, it's it's a vivid example from a movie. And I want your reaction to this. Um, There's a beautiful scene in Lord of the Rings where Arwen has been talked into going onto this boat, right, by her father. People who've seen this movie, it's a, I don't know if you've seen this movie. Anyway, it's a character (laughs) who she's, she's been pressured kind of into a decision and she thinks she's made it and she's going towards this um, outcome. And then she realizes it's totally the wrong direction. And so it's very dramatic. I know many people in this audience have seen this movie and they or read the book and she just reverses. She's like, she gets on her, she gets off her horse or she's on her horse and she just turns the other direction and takes a completely different course. And so it's an example of, um, you know, maybe the things that led to that decision were other people, you know, kind of not, you know, imposing Mm -hmm. a choice. And then Mm -hmm. she realizes in this movie that that's, wait a minute, that's not what I'm supposed to do. And then she she just turns around. So my question for you is how do we know about those kinds of situations? Because, you know, we've all been in situations where we're headed down. We think we've made a decision. It can happen in business. Maybe we don't have all the information. Or, yes, maybe someone's really pressuring us to go a certain way. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just realize, no, this is, you know, either with more information or with coming to terms with who we are. And we'll talk about the soul types. I want to make sure we have time because this yeah. is very important yeah. there. Um, we realize, no, that's not the right decision. That's not the right decision. And we know it. In the movie, she knows it. And then, yes. you yeah. know, makes the right one you know what and again not trying to make it binary (laughs) although in her case in that movie which people know about um it is a binary you know either she's going or she's coming back you know so so (laughs) so that's a kind of a long way of um a, a vivid example of this process that we've all had happen to us i think where yes. we've gone down the road of something um yes maybe with influences that were not authentic for us and then flow helped us to say no we we really need to do this other thing and we do take a dramatic turn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right A a dramatic change and yeah. and it's important to know that when you know when that happens, it's like we were talking about. Like she knew, right? There wasn't. She didn't yeah. have a lot of doubt. It was there was a moment it came across, you know, and she had doubts leading into it. She had doubts about the decision. Then she knew. <laughs> no, she it's hadn't time to turn committed. Around. She hadn't yeah. really committed. She hadn't. And see, we mm-hmm. think sometimes that we have and we haven't. 
I think, is yes. what you help us with, is we don't understand the the process is longer than we think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that is, it really is. And it's so important to know because especially, you know, I mean, I think especially in this day and age when everybody is so savvy that people think it's really, really smart to protect themselves. So we, we you know, we orchestrate our lives so that we always have a way out. And, yeah. you know, everything from, you know, you buy something and you bring it home and you leave the tags on to, you know, we have, you know, prenuptial agreements for marriages. We have, yeah. you know, all of these ways that, that you can make a decision kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah. you can bring it home, but then you can take it back if it doesn't work out. You know, there's yeah. always a plan B yes. and or a way out. And the thing that's tricky about that is, yeah, okay, maybe you would say that's prudent for when the thing doesn't work, whatever it is. You bring it home and you don't like it. Now you can take it back. Right. But the, the right. real challenge is, is that if you don't take those other two steps, if you don't burn your bridges and give up your alternatives, what you're doing is that difference engine is going to continue to show you other options. It's going to constantly leave you in comparison mode, which is going yes. to make you feel dissatisfied with what you pick. And that's like an energy leak. Imagine like, you know, if, if we are, you know, our thoughts are things, thoughts create things, your thoughts are energy. And if your thoughts are constantly um, being dis- being diffused, right, that rather than focusing yes. on the thing that you chose, they're taking that thing and holding it up to all these other alternatives. And you're constantly thinking, gosh, I wonder if I, what would have happened if I went that way or what would happen if I went this way or did I do the wrong thing right and it's one step forward two steps back and it's like you're leaking energy in all these other directions whereas if you were to fully commit and you really did burn your bridges and you really did give up your alternatives it's like all of your thinking all those thoughts all that energy it's like it's that decision that real commitment it's like a prism that focuses all of your energy like a laser beam in one direction and it makes that choice that you made and all of your energy is behind it so it makes it infinitely more possible for your choice to be successful and that's what I mean by it's not what you choose but it's how you choose it it's the process that you use if you go through that full commitment then then you set yourself up for all your energy to be behind the choice that you make and you're you have a much higher potential for the choice to be successful because you're supporting it right you've got all your energy behind it so you're going to make it work you know what, I think I feel that I, um, we we have so many situations where we don't take, um, we don't have a process for making the decision. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that that then, what you're really sharing with us is um, if we enter into the decision-making process with in an appropriate way, then it will allow us to commit to the decision yes. more easily. Because yeah. otherwise, I, I want to be careful here because there's a distinction. If if you have a decision-making process that, say, is compulsive or just isn't, yeah. isn't based in a solid way, you could make the wrong decision and then have to switch. I don't want people listening yeah. to think that mm-hmm. every decision you have to stay with because you may not have made that decision face of authenticity you may not have made it at all you know someone else some other voice may have made it for you and that's a different situation i mean that what we're talking about here is when you have a solid process of making the decision and then committing to it 
And and that's those yeah. two go together because otherwise you could make a wrong decision truthfully, and you actually do need to to step away from it if if you didn't you know use the right process. And usually that process is um, pressure, you know, from other people. Where you're not even really making the decision. So so anyway, I just yeah. um, since we have people with all of all ages listening, for example, you know, sometimes peers. I mean, I think of my own. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. being a mom, you can be pressured into something, or you know, you don't have that solid process. And then um, there are times you do have to to change your direction. Um, but what we're talking oh, for about sure. and, here is and, a solid well, and, process. That's very true. And at the same time, know that you know there are situations where you're going to make a decision, and maybe it was good for a while. And it was yes. the right decision for a while, and then it, it becomes out of date. It gets expired. You know, you bought right. a sofa, you loved it for seven years, and now you notice that it's got, you know, the cat has torn the corners and it's got saggy yes. cushions. And it's time to yes. rethink that decision, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and that happens. So, so there are times when when maybe you make a choice and it was the wrong choice. It really was. It was. It was there was something better that you should have considered that you didn't know about at the time. So what you do you do then? Know. You know. Mm-hmm. Right, you didn't know, but but what I'm telling you is that is that any which way you're going, if you if you're making a choice, the important thing is to understand the mechanics of your own doubt, to understand yeah. where it's coming yeah. from. So so yeah, it's really important for people to work on on um, listening to their own voice and to really mastering their own natural process, to not allowing their their the influences around them to let their own individual balance of, you know, yes. information and their own personal gut feelings about things to get out of balance because that can really mess with how they make choices. But whatever choice they make, <laughs> it's the, whether or not that choice succeeds is going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be hugely impacted by the process that they use and how much doubt yes. they feel is going to be impacted. Yes. So, so, but yeah, but there's, you know, we always need to be open to that idea that, that you have to rethink some decisions at some point. And you'll know, right? We all know when you start to lean sure. out of a choice and you think, mm, this sure. isn't as good as it once was. Served me for a lot of years and it doesn't anymore. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's just important yeah. to make that clarification. And it, and it yeah. is. It's all a part of life, you know, and, and that's yeah. important. Well, you know, boy, this, this interview is going by fast and I want to have time to talk about the yeah. soul types because that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. So, so help um, give us a, a step us through the, the quick guide <laughs> to, yes. to the soul types <laughs> so that we can begin to understand our relationships, our relationship to decisions and to one another um, based on that. Yeah, absolutely. So there are seven different soul types. And the reason I call it your soul type is because it is something, it's not something that you learned once you were born. It's not something that you model based on on your parents or anything like that. It is literally you came into the world with this particular way. And it, it is specific to how you think and how you solve problems. And the way that manifests is through how you make decisions. So decisions are the natural entry point to understanding your soul type. It's all about how you create in the world, right? Everything you create, a thought, an idea, 
a, a process, an art piece, whatever it is, that is a, a reflection of how you think and solve problems. So each of us has a different way of coming at problems. If you think of every problem as like a seven-sided shape, right, and each side has its own door, each of us has one key to one of those doors that we were born with. It's like a natural gift, a way into the problem, our way whenever we're faced with a problem, this is the access point we're going to naturally gravitate to. And it doesn't mean that you can't solve all aspects of a problem because obviously we all do. But, but what it does mean is that there's one way that you are particularly gifted at, that you're, this is what you yeah. sort of came to do, if you know what I mean. This is your way of yeah. creating and a gift that you can bring for everyone else. Um, yeah. and, and it's also true that as you're living your life, you are going to have to stretch yourself sometimes and you're going to, you're going to learn the skills of maybe one or two other soul types. So you're, you're, there are ways in which you can grow beyond your own, but at the end of the day, there is one that's native to you that you're born with. It is your special gift. And there are these seven types and uh, they're called optimizing, learning, efficient, coaching, expressive, experimenting and collaborative and those seven focus on different aspects of the problem they do uh, the first two focus on figuring out solutions the second two focus on figuring out the plan the third the fifth one is on getting us aligned and the last two are focused on getting us moving so you can see how they're all different parts of the problem all essential parts yes so, um, so, and a fun way to actually go into soul types, if you like, is we could actually do yours now, if you want. We oh, could, we could uh, analyze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe my response to that is it, but feel free. Um, we can okay. use that as an example, if you like. <laughs> okay, sure. So, um, so in the book, I have a short. It's literally three questions because I've done it as a flow chart. So three questions and it will tell you your soul type. So let's start with this. Try yours. So in general, um, Susan, do you make decisions faster than other people or slower than other people? That would be faster would be with excitement, with impatience, maybe a little impulsively sometimes, or are you more thoughtful, careful, methodical? Now, see, I'm thinking about the questions, so that would make I me know. kind of in the middle, wouldn't it? You you are on the thoughtful side, <laughs> somewhat somewhat methodic. Actually, well, right. Um, well, just, okay. just from talking to you, I, I, I already know what both your type is. So. You know, I, but yes, no, generally, I know. generally. Okay, here's my process. I, yeah, I can very much agonize over decisions a lot of mm-hmm. times. But the yes. funny thing is, is sometimes I have the appearance of being compulsive at times because when it mm-hmm. comes through, whatever it yes. is, it yes. happens. <laughs> yes. And, yes, but exactly. the process leading up to that mm-hmm. may seem like it took forever. Um, and, yes. and so, so that's, that's pretty much my, my approach. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I could take you through the other couple of questions if you like, but I, I already know what your style is, what your <laughs> what your soul type is. So, so if you want, we can just jump right into that and I can tell sure. you about it. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, so you, and you tell me if this sounds correct. Okay. So 
um, I believe that you are what I call a learning soul who's focused on analytic problem solving. So you would be, in, in terms of which aspect of the problem you'd be focused on, it would really be a, a figuring out solutions. And um, what it means is that, that you would have a particular gift of, of all the different soul types of bringing that true, that rigor, that logic, the ability to analyze, and, and really thinking through the quality of your decisions. You would have the ability to stay more neutral than any other decision type and any other way of making decisions. So it's like uh, coming into a decision rather than getting really emotionally wrapped up in the decision right away like a lot of soul types do, you would be able to hold back and observe and stay more neutral and really be able to take in as much data as possible so that at the end of the day you would feel like you've made a really careful and well thought out decision. And that's not to say that all your decisions would be fast because some of the time you'll be very pragmatic and if you see the right choice you have no problem in, in seeing it and going for it. But it's that idea that um, uh, you're going to be the most objective and more, most uh, thought out of all of the different soul types. Does that sound like you? Um, that can be very true. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, I'm, in, I'm probably, some of us may fall between these. And um, I, I would say that um, there can be times when I can move very rapidly, but but certainly like in business or when choosing, mm-hmm. I mean I can think of a place like like when I chose this current place that I'm living in, it happened very fast, um, and that yes. was amazing, and it was it yes. turned out to be perfect. However, yes, it's more typical for me and to evaluate um, and then mm-hmm. come to a decision. Absolutely true, and certainly in business, you know, to listen. Yeah. To different sides, um, you know, I'm I'm leading a nonprofit now. For example, I just recently took that on again. I haven't done that in a while, yeah. but now I am. And and yeah. all the yeah. different inputs into that. Yes, I'm going to be the kind of person who wants to hear, you know, the different sides and 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 mm-hmm. the different there aren't just sides and and really maybe write it down um, and then right. you know come to a decision. Absolutely. Mhm. Mhm. So, so yeah, might be more. You might be more. But I can um, be intuitive at times. I mean, see, that's the little kind of wild card. (laughs) Right. Right. If something really synchronistic or intuitive happens, that can kind of have an effect sometimes. I mean, there's that kind of flash Mm -hmm. from above kind of a thing that can Mm -hmm. happen sometimes, and and that. So so that's why it's it's not you know some of us as we're waking up to different ways of being we can have multiple sides to ourselves in that way but yes typically i would think it through very true. And and the thing is, is that as a learning soul it doesn't necessarily mean like i said that when you find and that can be uh, an intuitive hit as well is when you know the right choice you have no problem with with taking right. action um, right. But it is it is that idea that um, uh, there's a, a very strong, uh, essentially really strong mental capacity, the ability to really think through logically, to analyze what's happening and to come up with and to really seek data. And, and yes. if this is your soul type, you'll find a real love of mastery, that you'll have a real joy in learning and find that that yes. is just reward in and of itself. Um, that yes. there you probably have hobbies that relate maybe to music or to things where it, it requires practice, mm-hmm. something that it, it skill you can develop <laughs> over time. 
that I I actually do. That is absolutely yes. true. Um, I, I keep relearning the piano. For, yes, I keep working and probably at just it. for the joy of it, right? Yes, I and love that it. and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is something very specific to the learning soul. Is that it is that that idea that learning for the love of learning. Um, yes. And and yes. And, and so for you, in terms of how you interact with the other soul types, that ability of yours, so you would have of all the soul types, have the most neutral energy, which is a real gift because it does allow you. It's like you're just more clear-headed than the rest of us. A lot of us get really carried away with emotion, and, and you have the ability to see things more clearly with more information. And that, that neutral energy helps to essentially balance out the rest of the soul types. So in any decision process, so you are the person that people want to, to go to for, okay, am I doing the right thing? Because in general, your decisions are going to be really good ones. <laughs> You're a very good decision maker. Now, the place where it might get into, and you might get into trouble and the place where doubt can factor in for you is going to be that it is that, that comfort level, that ability to, uh, to stay in a place of ambiguity that most people can't yes. do is that if, if you get to a place, they say you're trying to make a choice and it's really not clear what is the best choice. Yes. You just the information isn't there or the landscape is changing. You're just really not sure what to do. Yes. Then what you might do in that case is just kind of pull back and wait yep. and just observe and wait for something to change yes. until you get some new piece of information. True. Absolutely. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. – <laughs> yeah. And and what it does is it, it, it you know, you, you wait for that new information. So when you do finally move, you're, you know, you have a higher degree of certainty that you're making the right choice. But the downside is that you may have found that there's a lot of situations where opportunity might pass you by yes. because you're in yes. that waiting space. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And. Mm-hmm. And that's where that doubt can come in is that feeling of, of, you know, oh, gosh, did I, you know, should I have done that? Should I not have waited? And, and it can also, interestingly enough, your process, that, that the ability to stay in that ambiguous space, that neutral zone, can actually create a lot of doubt, a lot of ambiguity for other people. So if you're, you know, if you're you know, in your family, who yeah, the soul types are going to be in your family who don't make decisions that way, it might drive them crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can seem like you're stuck, you know, and yes. then all of a sudden yes. you're unstuck. And it's like, how yes. the heck Once did that happen? You know? Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. It's true. It's yeah, no, my, my mother is the same soul type as you, and she had the same swatch of wallpaper taped up on her bathroom wall for two years, um, just deciding. <laughs> uh-huh. And there's yeah, other things that I, she'll decide immediately, right? Other things she knows uh-huh. and she goes. But if there's ambiguity around it, she'll just leave it up there as long as she needs to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. And it can mm-hmm. seem perplexing to other soul types. So we better mm-hmm. we better jump into another soul type as to as to how they then, you know, how do they think about decision? I don't think we'll yeah, get, yeah. get through them all. And I, I do right. want to invite and that'll give people plenty to explore in your book, which is great. Oh for sure. Um, but, for sure. but let's talk about another example soul type that okay. that doesn't make Sounds decisions good. in that way. Well, do you see now? Um, is there any member of your family that you want to do? Because that's kind of fun. <laughs> they might not appreciate that. <laughs> or a person, a person who can be unnamed, a friend that you don't want to say a, a their person name. That can um, be unnamed. Um, um, uh, 
boy, now you got me. So someone see? who look, do you see? You got me stuck, <laughs> don't you see? Do you I'll see the you ambiguity? I'll, I'll choose one for you. I do. I'll All choose right. one for you, and you can see okay. if it fits anyone that you know in your life. That so. sounds good. So, so there is another soul type that is um, that someone that that uh, I'm sure that you know people who have this soul type, and and it's a, it will be distinctive for you because in a way this soul type is opposite yours. So, okay. um, and and they are called the optimizing soul type. And what they do, the particular gift, they are also um, involved in figuring out and solving problems the same way that you are, but they do it really differently. Rather than having the, you know, the, 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 the analytical perspective and the logical perspective, they come in um, uh, with a, a very uh, nonlinear thinking pattern. So, and they tend to be highly innovative. They're always coming up with solutions that are totally outside the box. They take things that are existing and they combine them in new and unexpected ways, things that you would never think about. They will use a tree branch as a shower curtain rod. They'll use, you know, it's just something that's like, how did you come up with that? Totally outside the box. Any words that start with the letters RE, like rethink, redesign, reimagine, remodel, where they're taking something existing and changing it. And their thought process, if you can imagine, doesn't go A, B, C, D. It goes A, F, Z, W. It's completely illogical. And what it does for them, and this is an interesting thing, is the way that we think and solve problems then enables our gifts. So it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. Is it, is it do we make decisions this way and that gives us our gifts, or do we have these gifts and that causes us to make decisions this way? I don't know which one came first, but I can tell you that the two support each other in a very important way. So for the optimizing soul, what they do is they tend to, they'll be looking at a problem, they'll get to understand what needs to be solved, and then all of a sudden, this is where their intuition comes in. It comes in like an intuitive hit of like, oh, this is it. And they'll get this vision, this idea that's in their head, and it's, it's so real to them. It's like they are living in that future state immediately as if it's already completed. And then rather than going through a careful process of analyzing or, or comparing options like most people do where they'll look and see and, or gathering information like most people do, what they will go do is they'll go out and they'll just very quickly glance around to find some pieces of confirming information. So they'll look and find, is there, is there information out here telling me that this is possible? And they may find disconfirming information. They might find information that says, mm, not a good idea, but they'll just kind of ignore that. And they'll focus on any information they find that says, yeah, you could probably do this. And if they get that, they're off and running. And from that point forward, they're living in that future state as if the thing that they want to create is already done. So it's a really different way. But, but what it does is doing it that way enables them to, to create things out of thin air. But the downside where doubt gets them, and this is why they are such an, you, the two of you, you and the optimizer are such an amazing compliment, is that the doubt gets them because they have gaps in their thinking, right? Because they're skipping from A to Z to M to Q, is they, and they're so focused on the future, they might not see the gaps in, in you know, how do you get from A to Z? And you are the perfect person to come in and see those. <laughs> To say, hmm, interesting idea. I have no idea how you're planning on getting there because here's the five gaps that you missed. And, and that for them is they can, they can have chosen something, be completely decided, and then all of a sudden realize, wow, I didn't really think this through or I missed this important point or here's this disconfirming information I maybe should have paid attention to. So it's, it's an interesting and a very different way. And you can see the strength that it brings. 
but then they have a different, a, also a different way that doubt affects them. Yeah. Make sense? Yes. Absolutely. And this is going to sound impossible. <laughs> and, and, and you yeah. may um, explore this as well. But I have a part of me that does that too. I mean, it's yes. like and, we're moving yeah. into, when I move into my more intuitive side, yes. both of those types of, of thinking exist. I can be in, yes. so I think that there can be combinations. That it's as if I am evolving more towards that, you know. And, I love that and, you and said that because that, that is exactly yeah, that is absolutely true. Like. Yeah, and 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 it's I love that you said that because remember earlier when we were talking, I said that each of us adopt or adapts and takes on yes. other soul types, and you yes. are taking on traits of your opposite. Which is it, it's am. a way of making ourselves more flexible, right? And it's yeah. and it's it's basically it's a way to to evolve ourselves and to become more flexible, more dynamic. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. What what an so, amazing but you're native. example now. Yes, you know I want mm-hmm. to interrupt just for a second um, yeah, because yeah. we're getting close to the end of the live show. And if you have a few more minutes, I can hold you into the podcast. If you do, I don't know if you're on a a tight schedule here, Anne. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I'm good. Um, I'm good. Okay, good, because I can hold you over today. I want to tell the live audience, just a quick quick interruption here, popping in. Yes. Um, those of you listening live, if you want to continue to listen live, please call the teleconference line. This is a teleconference, I remind everyone, which they often forget. <laughs> and all you have to do is call 310-807-5104, and you can keep listening live. Those of you who are leaving us today, um, I just wanted to make a quick show note, interrupting our conversation, which will continue in a moment, that the next show is not yet on the calendar, but I want to tell you about it. It's next Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific, and somewhat unusual time, the 13th of April, with Karen Tate, and we're going to be talking about her studies into the divine feminine and just feminine um, archetypes and and um, women in the workplace and many different ways that she's studied um, um, the feminine. So that's next week. That's the next show. Now, back to this conversation. And thank you, live <laughs> audience, for being with us today. And um, now I'm just really interested to continue this conversation <laughs> with, with Anne Becker. So Thank you. And can I tell your live audience <laughs> that if they want yes. to find more information, it's at www.undoubtedlyawesome.com. So that's the name Great. of the book, undoubtedlyawesome.com. Yes. Thank you. In fact, I need to get that site up um, up on the page. Those those who are, are listening to this in the future will, will be able to click on that too. Um, so awesome. great. Um, so, okay. Um, yes, this is an interesting um um, discovery process in that that yes we can find ourselves because what I would like to say is you know my own evolution and I think a lot of people may be like that you know coming from the perspective of having been a math major and a computer scientist yes. and, and all of that yes. there's that part of me that of course is very analytical but what's also yes. interesting about that is most computer scientists um, computer scientists and even mathematicians will tell you that you do get these flashes of insight that help you solve mm-hmm. a problem where you're, you know, it can be a needle in the haystack kind of a thing and then suddenly yes. you have a flash of, of insight 
Um, and I used to, to consider that intuitive programming even, like how in the heck, you know, did you come up with that? And then also just solutions. I mean, how did we come up with things like um, the, the World Wide Web and, you know, some of the more right. creative things that have appeared? So, um, so everything you say makes sense. But I also see, you know, being a, a – um, now moving more and more into my inspirational spiritual side over time, which has always mm-hmm. been with me, but accepting it more, it is doing exactly what you talked about to my decision-making process where, you know, there can be synchronicities that show up and things yeah. that that just, um, you know, may be very illogical, <laughs> maybe totally yeah. illogical, and yet, <laughs> and yet it, just feels right and then you kind of fill it in after that which is interesting because then it all flows together when I bought my current house which I actually sold I'm I'm going to be um, moving to a new place and um, I've been here for a long time yeah well and it's great and that whole you know boy I was back to the analytical person figuring that out but um but when I bought this house, it was like a miracle. It was like something out of Miracle on 34th Street where it just showed up and it was totally illogical mm. to buy it. I yeah. was going to rent. I wasn't going to I was transferring back as, you know, at corporate transfer. I was on one of those trips where you're there for like two days and you have to find a place you're going to be living in a few months. And I had a, a yes. young child. It was with me. My son literally ran into this house. Like Miracle oh on 34th Street. Thankfully, it was an open house, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we weren't supposed to be here. Um, my son and my sister raced into this house. You know, it's like, look, there's an open oh house. My God. And I'm like, I'm. we're not, my analytical side, I'm using this as an example, my analytical side said, no, I'm not buying a house. We're renting first. We're renting. Then we'll look at buying. But they were already way ahead of me. You know, and they were oh, running into funny. this house, and I was like, you know, it looks too expensive. You know, we're talking the Pacific Northwest, you know, real estate. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> like, yes. Know, and even though I was making a really good income, and I didn't, you know, all my little logical parts were saying, but then I walk into the house, and it's like my dream house. It's like, you know, it's like oh, all these things wow. are clicking into space, into, into place. And it's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, you know, how could it have this or that? And it has a spectacular view of Mount Hood. And, you know, wow. it, it, it served its purpose, though, because now it's time for me to move to a new place. My, You know, I, yeah. I need a, a new place. This was a family house. Now it's time to move to a new place. And But at the time, knowing that I wanted to buy this house was totally illogical and a way to easily <laughs> buy it you know just appeared and it it because I was you know selling another house at that time and it yes. was just but it just happened and I wow. always use it as an example of you know it was not necessarily a logical decision but it was a great decision it turned out the school yeah. was way better and where we might have rented, and everything went well because of buying this house. And so, so anyway, um, there I get that, and it happens, and and it kind of shook me up, you know, in a way that um, you know something 
what seemed illogical at the time, though it may seem like a simple thing, buying a house, it's not a simple thing. It's a big step no, to buy a house. Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and the fact that logically it was the wrong thing, it would have made more sense to, you know, take some time to, um, although – I don't know, with the schools and everything, it actually was the best decision. You know, see, that's how I filled in, you see? In the end, Mm -hmm, I realized, mm -hmm. no, actually, renting a house wasn't a good decision. This way, my son got, you know, solidly in a school system, stayed there, and, and, you know, it was a good choice. But anyway, um, I had to fill that in later. I'm still filling it in right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've decided it actually was a logical choice. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just didn't know it at the time. So so anyway, right. I get that. But you know, we've got a little more time here since you're you're here with me in the podcast. So, you know, we might be able to explore how would yet another personality type, you know, approach yeah. an a problem. Yeah, sure. So okay, so um I so and one of the other soul types is called the experimenting soul type. And um, uh, they are unique. And, and, you know, we've talked a little bit about how intuition affects each of the different, you know, the ones we've talked about so far. Um, and uh, intuition is different for the experimenting soul type. The gift that they bring is momentum. So they're focused on, on that aspect of the problem where they're trying to get everybody else, where they have the ability to get everybody else moving. And they really can. They have this kind of energy where they can make an individual or a whole organization go from zero, completely stalled, to 60 miles an hour you know, in two seconds. And uh-huh. the way that they do it is, of course, it's the decision enables the gift and the gift enables the decision, right? But they, um, they will look at a problem and they're able to discern through this almost intuitive hit um, what are the two or three things that really matter, right, of all of the factors that you're considering and weighing and judging, that there's what are the two or three things that, that really matter. They'll seize those two or three things. From that, they'll glean what is the most likely plan of attack, and then immediately they start down that path. So it's, yeah. it's their, the, the time between the beginning of the decision and the moment that they're moving is compressed down to almost nothing. Um, and wow. their whole focus is on action. So that's what drives yeah. them. So what, what drives you is that feeling of, of, of mastery. What drives them is the feeling of action. And, yeah. um, and so when they, when they make a choice, and here's what's interesting. So they'll, they go through this you know, very intuitive uh, understanding of what is the most important thing. Then they're immediately off and running. And what they're doing in that decision is they are experimenting with it. So rather than having a thought out plan that's all the way that they, you know, where you know every step between here and the next six months, they only know what the next one or two steps are. And they are just uh-huh. going to go down that path. And they're constantly scanning the horizon for. Uh, for new information, do they have to change? Do they have it to adapt? Is this still working? Is there something better, right? So they're, they're experimenting yeah. with the choice and trying it on and seeing if it works. And they always have plan B in their pocket. So they're incredibly good, um, and you can imagine in emergency situations, they are rock stars. They're really yeah. good in any environment where they, uh, they need to change and adapt quickly, you know, in, in, yeah. in environments where there's a lot of, of change and, and they need to be responsive to that. Um, the downside for them is that just like we talked about before about, about those three stages of the decision is that that post commitment, they never get there. 
because they are always in this state of experimenting that is very hard for them to fully commit to a decision. It goes against their natural soul type. Their natural, natural predisposition is to, to stay constantly comparing and constantly analyzing. That's the way they know how to do it. Um, so they can, they can experience more dissatisfaction, and that's where their doubt creeps in, is in that, that sense of um, maybe there's something better on the horizon and never feeling fully yeah. satisfied with what they picked. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. I've definitely known people like that um, in the yeah. computer science yeah. community. Um, for example, for sure. um, a, a, a type of profession that might work for those people, um, if, they're, if they're technically inclined anyway, would be your IT yeah. person. Um, because um, constantly, you know, things are breaking, right? I mean, and and you just don't even know what's going to happen next. And they they might have some idea of what to do. I have known some really Mm bad, just pull Mm -hmm. a solution out of a hat. It's like, how the heck did they just do that, you know? And not so much (laughs) like a well-thought-out plan. It's like, this is broken. This has cracked, you know? And we have to deal with it. And and there's always a part. I mean, in some of my more, I have had that happen to me rarely where, where I have pulled something out of a hat. But that actually is not typically my style. Um, and when that yeah. happens, it's amazing. You know, it's like, man, I'm like so-and-so when I did that. You know, it would be outside <laughs> my personality type as a computer scientist. Yeah. But I have known those brilliant people who just, I don't, you know, it's like they're like my guy. I don't know, you know, I'm dating myself. Yeah, my guy. Yeah, I get my guy right. <laughs> the whole show, you know, the, the guy just, he just, you know, something would happen and it would just be like yes. they just figured it out, you know? And there you go. And you're right, in a disaster, that's the person you want mm-hmm. with you because they're going to figure sure. it out. For they're sure. just going to deal with. You know, we have an earthquake or something. That's going to be the person who's going to be in your community just saying, okay, mm-hmm. people, we don't have any water. We're going to do this. We're going to redirect that stream. Right. <laughs> we're going to, right. you know, we're going to do something. <laughs> right. Um, so that's there are exactly. people that you really you're trying want to start around. something. Yeah, uh-huh. same as you're trying to start something because it's, that's frequently the thing that makes it so hard is that, you know, when you are trying to something start something, getting the momentum going is it's, you know, and look at big companies, how they have such a hard time changing. And when you throw one yeah. of these people in the mix, they they can make change happen. So they're yeah. um, they're really it's a very value, very valuable um, uh, skill that they have, ability that they have. But it can make yeah. these other he, personality types uncomfortable. It, it can be sort of like you're grateful they're around because they just solved that problem. But they're also right. kind of scary too. <laughs> oh, for sure, they can it's challenge like, where you. Where are we exactly. going here? <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, it's working. That's great. But you know, are we on solid footing? You know, it's sort of like someone just brought you on some rickety bridge that's working. For and sure. It's like, um, and there's this right. And where are we and going? Thinking, right. Is there a yeah, plan? Where, and there's a right. fog. <laughs> you know, I see that. I see that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> This is this is fun, Anne. Um, I wish I'd known you years ago. <laughs> I see how you help people. I mean, this is a valuable thing you're bringing up because I've actually, you know, I've been in any number of trainings and things, you know, project leadership or, mm-hmm. or um, you know, how we learn to get along um, types of trainings, and 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 yes. and often they're not as dynamic as this. This is yes. this is actually really important. 
it has um, Thank you. it has something to it that is I can see why you've been so successful with it because it is unique, um, and mm-hmm. I say that honestly. Mm-hmm. So so share another personality type with us. I mean, we can go on all day. I don't want to keep you too long, but um, we're still <laughs> the podcast will keep going for a little while. We're fine if if our schedule is okay. But share another um, personality type with us. Sure. So, um, okay, so a very different one, and they're all different, is um, the coaching soul type. And what the coaching soul type is is known for is rather than focusing, so you are focused on mastery, that expressive, uh, the experimenting style I talked about, the experimenting soul type, they are focused on on, um, action. And this soul type, the coaching soul type, is focused on people. And that's what motivates them most. And what's distinctive about the coaching soul type is they have the ability to, uh, when they look at someone, they really see in that person the best that's possible. They see the absolute best aspects of that person. And they see them not as, oh, this person's going to be that someday. They see it as an absolute uh, reality that this is who this person is, this best aspect. So, so when you when you're interacting with a coaching soul type, that best part of yourself is what's reflected back to you. You see through their eyes, you see how they see you, and they see you as this best part of yourself, and it inspires you to live up to it. So yeah. they are the people developers of the world. They're the amazing managers, right? They're they are. Yeah. Uh, you can imagine they're very popular too. <laughs> Yes, but they 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 make you feel and see yourself in this in this way that you that is really the the best that you can be, um, and uh, so in terms of how they make choices, um, it's interesting. They make choices in the same way that they they see they see choices the same way that they see people. Is that in the way that they look at people, they see what's best about them. When they look at their choices, they see what's best about every option. So where where they get into trouble is on the front end of when they make a decision is they have a tendency to um, get uh, uh, too, they end up considering too many options and they see what's best about every one. So they have a really hard time separating out which one they like better than all the others. They see what's best in everything, right? So they have more doubt and more difficulty on the front end of their decision process. Yes. Yes. I definitely have known people like that. And, you know, it's so yeah. weird as you're going through these, you you do see aspects of yourself in in mm-hmm. each one. And, and um, you know, I don't often say this on, on the show, but something that happened today is there were so many things that converged prior to this show. Normally I come into a show with like six pages of notes. Today, <laughs> it was so dynamic. I mean, between, you know, just so many things led into this show my preparation yeah. now, see, think about the analytical person, is not normal right. for me. I mean, normally I would be, you know, just, I, you know, totally on top of every category and everything <laughs> like that. And I'm loving, and, and that in itself, you know, life kind of pushed me into that zone. It's like, gosh, are we yes. going to have power or, you know, just even the days <laughs> leading up? And and so so it's like dynamically, and I love how the conversation's flowing, right? I mean, it. It, yes. It's perfectly fine, and um, because there's a discovery process, just that the the listeners are are having mm-hmm. this information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing is, is you know, it just shows up in everything. I mean, I'm I'm reflecting back on that and how you know there's an example of sometimes 
depending on our soul type, we can be thrown into um, situations of somewhat discomfort. And then, you know what? This does have to do with doubt. There's that aspect of trust. It's like, you know what? It's yes. going to be fine. You know what? Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and we'll just flow with it, you know, flow, and it's going to be fine. And yeah. how many times in um, decision-making or when you're in an environment, circumstances change, you know, things happen, and if you have, you know, you're partnering with someone. We're partnering together. I'm not just doing this show all by myself talking about doubt. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm following your lead is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, and look at how this um, unusual situation leading in, we're complimenting each other. Because right, you're, and right, you didn't exactly. even know this until now. Because um, mm-hmm. normally I would tell a guest before, and we had such an unusual situation coming into the show, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I don't have six pages of notes today Um, but but I love how our personality and now I'm just being the honest personality type I am because I'm reflecting on that how how we've complimented each other and I've just been able to follow where you're going and um, and we're having a really nice flow with um, this topic and gosh I think I could talk to you for for a very long time (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we probably can't get through all the personality types um but Uh, yeah um, unfortunately i I I agree with you it's been really really fun i i have really enjoyed this exploration and it's amazing what you have to share i think um you're really on a wonderful path um with how you can help people Thank you. It, and it is fun. It is, and really the conversation has been um, uh, just a lot of fun. And I think it is it's an interesting thing because uh, my soul type is that optimizing soul type. So you and I are uh-huh. technically opposites but complementary. So. <laughs> so you filled in my gaps, and you didn't even know that I had them really. I mean, maybe sort of because a lot of, um, a lot of interviewers, I mean, they don't have time. I mean, I know most shows you don't have time to read the whole book and you know you maybe this is normal but you know what my show is usually pretty unusual because I'll like pull out some really obscure detail in your book wow that's awesome because I've like scrutinized (laughs) your book you know and and actually now in your case I want to spend time after this you know now I'm just like the listeners like I want to (laughs) really spend time with this book because this book's going to help me um, in all kinds of ways, leadership situations and, and you know, also just my <laughs> life. And I love it that I can feel that and, and see how we we did complement each other really beautifully today. So so let me um, say thank you. Um, I'm really glad that, that you were here today. And, and I would like you to thank leave you. the podcast audience once again with maybe a little more information about where they can find you, the sorts of things that you're doing in terms of a coach or workshops, just um, whatever more you'd like to share with those listening across time to the podcast. Sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, my uh, The website for the book is, the book's title is undoubtedlyawesome.com. 
and, or that's the website. The book is undoubtedly awesome. The website is undoubtedlyawesome.com. And what's fun is if they go to the website, there is a free survey. Uh, it's the, essentially the same survey that's in the book is on the website. It's only three questions, and it will give you your soul type for free. Um, the information that it will give you is uh, different from what's in the book. So even if you have the book, it's still fun to go on the website and take the survey and get that information too. Um, I'm also, and there's a link on it uh, on undoubtedlyawesome.com. I'm also, uh, I have an online social learning community called wisdomsoup.com, which we're opening enrollment in a couple weeks. And that has a five-step process to speed up serendipity. It unfolds over 12 months and it helps people um, uh, in terms of their own awakening. It makes it uh, everything speed up and happen more quickly for people hmm. so and that, that is, looks fascinating uh, I it's, yes it's it is a it's, it's a, a really really awesome community i gotta tell you <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's something it's time has come it's there certainly isn't anything yes. else like that that i'm aware of that yeah. sounds very yeah, cool Thank you. Yeah, it is. I, I find that there's lots of uh, different teachers and things out there that all have a lot of value to give. Um, but what's confusing is to know uh, where to start, right? There's so many mm-hmm. different, uh, different, you know, modalities and ideas out there. It's sort of like how do you – people spend so much time trying to figure out what to do um, that it, yeah. it takes a lot of their time and energy. And so the idea yeah. with Wisdom Soup is it, it, it gives you a structure to lead you through it so that all of your energy is sort of focused on just doing the work as opposed trying to figure out what to do um so it's it's uh yeah it it can really speed things up and take a lot of the ambiguity out of the process yes yes oh well it sounds very unique and and it sounds like something we might explore in the future because um there's just so much to explore here and and i think that i mean i'm really curious what you're going to flow into next because you're really (laughs) um, making a difference and and um so yeah, and and I've just been so happy that you you um, just happened to come my way. So, um, so <laughs> well, thank so, you. This has been wonderful. <laughs> well, thanks again, and um, and yes, we'll we'll keep an eye on 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 what you're up to because um, I think that that you are really um, moving into a space of and have been in a space of of making a, a significant contribution here in multiple settings. Um, so um, I'm, well, thank I'm you very so happy to I really know appreciate it, Susan. <laughs> okay, well, well, you take care, and um, and thanks for being dynamic today because it seems to have been the way. And the wind has died down. You know, as we were talking, I mean, it was like I was yes. on a ship, and and my oh audience, my just, it's like sometimes this show is so natural, and that's what happened today. Is I become very natural when life is doing what it's doing, <laughs> and, and it's usually that way. But the, this home. Um, which, funny enough, you know, I'm renting my own home for a while, and I don't own it anymore. So I'm thinking, oh, the fence fell oh, down. Wow. I'll have to tell the owner. Oh. You know? <laughs> and, and, and in a way, it's like, boy, you know, that's confirming that decision. <laughs> but I don't wish anything poorly on that. But it's sort of like we um, – it was creaking. The home, as we were talking, was literally creaking oh. like a ship. That's I, wow. I don't know if that's coming your way. But it was wow. Well, really I'll tell surprising. you right now, our trees outside are, are bent over. So oh, it's boy. definitely, well, yeah, they it's coming this way. Forecast it. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, you know, how do you, because we've all been in windstorms 
in the Pacific Northwest. I would not want to be on the particular bridge in your area right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think so you know true. which bridge I'm talking about. Yeah. The water is like right there. Um, yes, but, exactly. um, <laughs> but yeah, stay safe. And I hope those who are listening, they could be listening even this afternoon. Um, I have Seattle listeners too. Um, you know, everybody. Just, um, you know, stay safe. And as you're making decisions, I guess, you know, we're going to think about um, who we are in the midst of that. So so anyway, um, it, it's wonderful to talk to you today, Anne. You and too. Thanks care. so much. I hope to do it again okay. soon. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Okay. okay, bye. And just a quick show note again to those of you listening um, to the podcast in the next few days. The next show is once again, unless I happen to do a spontaneous show, which as you know occasionally does happen, but the next show is Thursday, April 13th, and I will have Karen Tate on, who's done a lot of study into the the feminine aspect in multiple ways, and that will be Thursday, a little bit later than normal, 1 p.m. Pacific, so a week from today. And you never know, I may do a spontaneous show here and there on the air. FrontierBeyondFear.com is where to go to learn about this show. We've been on the air. um, This is our seventh year, and I'm very thankful for that. And, um, hey, a big thank you to those of you who started out live and stayed with us through kind of the dynamic opening of the show. Um, And uh, we'll see what the the podcast contains, depending on what decision I make regarding whether to just let it be or to shift that. And sometimes Blog Talk Radio even fixes those little things where we had a little quiet time at the beginning. So, uh, But, yes, the winds have died down. And um, it's steady as we go right now. So may that be the case in your life today. May you have um, find peace on your path and with, with your decisions. So take care, everyone.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.